Hello and welcome to Banking Transformed. I'm your host, Jim Maroos, founder and CEO of the Digital Bank Report and co-publisher of the financial brand. Old revenue models are dead. As a result, finance institutions must rethink their business model and growth levers to be future ready. Subscription models make our customers' lives easier. Sometimes a touch of the button to hear a podcast or maybe to get an automatic refill or to get groceries delivered within an hour of ordering. Helping consumers to pay directly through their debit or credit card can generate revenue. Beyond that, there are even subscription opportunities with personalized communications. It is great to have Joan Clark, Vice President Product from Segment on the Banking Transform podcast. Joan discusses the way banking can benefit immediately from the subscription economy. So welcome to the show today, Joan. You know, we officially live in a subscription-consumed society. What was really once reserved for magazines and door-to-door encyclopedia salespeople has really become the default way we consume media, order food, um, hail a ride, and even buy retail products. You know, in a digital world, subscriptions make our lives easier. What's interesting, when you look at it, it's really recurring, stable sources of engagement that make businesses better, be it financial institutions or other institutions. In addition, the consumers who subscribe are obviously quite loyal. So, Joan, before we get into talking about how banks can leverage the subscription economy, can you tell us a little bit about yourself as well as a little bit about Segment? Sure. Thanks, Jim. And thanks for having us. I appreciate that. Uh, I am uh, the VP of product for Segment, and I've been with the team for just over nine years. Uh, Segment is a provider of a data analytics platform. We help financial institutions uh, make their transaction data usable and meaningful. Uh, It's powered by AI and a very creative team. Uh, Our products both enrich the transaction data that provide insights to the financial institutions uh, to identify the merchants where the transaction was processed, but we also identify customer insights that describe the customers who are processing those transactions. Uh, And it's all for the purpose of helping the FI deepen the relationship with the customer and help uh, grow their business. You know, I'm going to give a little plug for your company. You know, on almost every podcast and every writing I do for the financial brand, I bring up the importance of partnering with organizations that can move your organization forward quickly in its scale. And, and Segment's a great example of a way that an organization can help a financial institution leverage their data quickly, even if it's not in the greatest state within the financial institution, and bring really good revenue opportunities to the table. So we're talking today about the subscription economy, and, and really there's so many different ways to look at this. But what, what do you consider to be the current state of the subscription economy, and where do you think it's headed? Well, I think the subscription economy is, has really been on the rise um, even before the pandemic. Uh, it, it started, uh, like you said, with a lot of those uh, subscription box services like HelloFresh and, and Chewy.com is one that I was thinking of. But since the pandemic, it's really gotten wider and deeper in almost every every industry. It makes our lives easier, as you said. And, and based on the research that we found, it's expected to grow to $1.5 trillion in 2025, which is 
really astounding, which is more than double what it was, I think, just last summer. And, and the other research that we found is um, that, that consumers have five subscriptions, which I thought was a lot. But then when I started adding what my husband and I have, like Hulu and Netflix and HelloFresh and, and uh, Disney Plus, I have probably five. So I guess I'm an average consumer, Jim. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because it even goes deeper than that. Things that we don't pay for. You know, I, I'm a subscriber for normal a lot of podcasts. I'm a subscriber to things through Amazon.com for personal care products that I, I have on a recurring basis. And, you know, they're always pushing, saying, hey, do you want to subscribe for this for less money? Because they, they, they realize it's going to create a new behavior, which is really what we're talking about here. But more importantly, from a financial institution or non-financial institution perspective, it really is building new behaviors and deeper engagement. So how do you think this trend is impacting financial institutions, basically of all sizes? So I think that's a really great question because, um, as you said, there's so many new opportunities for us to um, engage with those subscription services. Um, And if you think about it, the more subscription services we're making payments to, uh, the more transactions we're processing on that financial institution's account, the stickier we're becoming with that financial institution. And once you sign up with a with a subscription service, switching to another card is just not easy, you know, and we like we like things to be easy. But but the other thing, Jim, is that it's not just sub- those subscription box services. So so it's Encouraging more than uh, more of that behavior of that recurring payment behavior beyond those subscription box services is also important. So, you know, we all have payments that um, include like insurance payments and cell phone payments and utility payments. So those recurring payments can also be lumped into this type of behavior that we want to encourage more of for the institution. Because the more that the FI can capture that, the more likely that they're going to be the PFI for that consumer. Well, it's important also because, as you said, it's hard to unwind those. But if a consumer doesn't do it on a a credit card or debit card, we lose the interchange income, which is obviously an important revenue source. But we, as you said, we also lose the stickiness because every time a consumer is relying on our financial institution to build this interchange between us and another party, it builds that relationship stronger and obviously makes it more difficult to unwind it. So how can financial institutions capitalize on this trend? Are there, do you have any you know, use cases of how an organization is really taking this somewhat, you know, something we take for granted? We, we know we do this, but we don't really think about it very much and have taken it to another level where they've generated more revenue and actually made it an important source of ongoing revenue for the financial institution. Well, I think that interchange revenue is the perfect example of that, really, Jim. I think that um, you know becoming sticky on the account by having as many transactions as possible, um, having the account be the hub of that transact of that consumer's payments is is very very critical, but. But how are they making those payments? Is it through ACH or bill pay? Or is it on the credit card where, like you said, they could be earning that interchange revenue? And it seems obvious you know, to me to put those subscription services like uh, Netflix and Hulu on your card. 
But payments like utilities or insurance or cell phone payments, it's not so obvious. It's not really the traditional way that we've paid for utilities. But sometime during the pandemic, I made that transition because I wanted it I wanted to make it easier for myself, right? I wanted to make sure that I was making that payment on a regular basis and I didn't forget about it. Plus, if I put it on my card, then I'm getting all those rewards <laughs> and that cash back on those on that dollar spent. So I think that that is um, a way that the FI can capitalize on that trend. Well, you know, and this is something to really build with the, the Gen X and Gen Z because these, or, these people are... are right now, the ones who are opening all these new credit cards. There was a study that came out yesterday that the growth in new credit cards is just enormous right now. And it's a lot with the younger consumer. Well, the younger consumer also are the ones that are most engaged in the subscription economy. So if we can bring these two elements together and we can make it so that these people decide that this Gen X and Gen Y and Gen Z all start using the credit card as a way for making these payments, not only is it making them more entrenched, but it makes them think about the financial institution. Now, on the opposite side of that, more than just the revenue side, you know, what, what your team can, a segment can do is then you can use this purchase data, this information to build a better portfolio or, or view of the consumer for other services. So again, one of the things we lost as an industry over the last 20 years is as more and more payments were being done outside, as more transactions and more organizations were getting this data, we were losing the opportunity that was really expanding tremendously in the digital economy to understand our customers better, understand what they bought, what they subscribed to. I mean, if you understood what I subscribe to from a podcast basis, what I buy from Amazon on a recurring basis, what subscriptions I may have outside of this. Maybe it's with uh, 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 my taxi, your Uber, or with any of the other organizations. This helps you build a better profile of the consumer, correct? Yes, for sure. Yeah, so we're seeing all of those behaviors. And through our Customer Insights product, we can identify what you know, who, who is their customer base that are making those payments to subscription box services or who um, are those um, that are making their payments, uh, their cell phone payments with that account or their utility payments with that account. And again, that's identifying those, those consumers that are thinking of your account as their PFI. So how can a financial institution identify recurring spend transactions? Well, it's it's all in the transaction data, really. There's so much information. There's valuable, a lot of valuable insights that you can um, that you can get out of that transaction data. And really, Segment is the world leader in analyzing and cleansing transactions. We take in all those um, transactions or consume those transactions from the FIs, and they come in and they're very raw and cryptic. And if you had to look at them, they'd be indecipherable by the human eye. But our we have transaction analytics and uh, AI that identifies both a user-friendly merchant name uh, for which the transaction was processed, like HelloFresh or Netflix or Hulu or whoever it may be that you're actually making the payment to. 
And then we provide multiple levels of categorization so that you can start to see trends of where the, the, the payments are being made. So we can identify it as meal delivery service or cellular telephone services or utilities. And then we provide even a higher level of categorization like food and dining. And so with all that categorization, they can start to use that information in their BI tools and their data modeling tools to start to um, understand where their customers are spending and how they can encourage more of that spend, the type of spend that they want to to make more profitable customers and to to help um, provide products and services to um, deepen that relationship with our customers. You know, it's interesting, Joan, because when you talk about this and the insights we develop, you know, this is where we can build some really good engagement because we can really help the financial institution then going back to the consumer, their customers, and tell them about themselves to help them make better financial decisions. So when you look at the flip side of generating revenue from subscriptions, do you believe that subscription management services or simply the ability to tell a consumer, by the way, here's a list of the subscriptions you're currently in, engaged in, can be a, a, you know, a, a valuable asset and maybe something that we can actually charge as a subscription to consumers to provide on a regular basis? You know, I, I remember a situation where I have a, a, a financial account and I, I had some fraud on my, my debit card. And the first thing that came to my mind is, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have to change my debit card number and change all my recurring payments. And I don't know what they are. I'll be honest with you. Correct. And I asked the finance institution, can you provide me this? And they go, well, no, we really can't. And immediately my, my, my trigger says, oh, yeah, you can. You just don't. Well, this isn't a, a very good you know, level of customer experience and a great benefit for the consumer to know if their financial institution can help them identify, by the way, here's what you're currently doing. You can adjust it. There's also, you know, there's services out there. But do you think this level of insight for the consumer is going to be table stakes going forward? I definitely do. And we can provide that data to financial institutions and to FinDEX to help provide those tools to their customers and, and provide customer-facing applications for that. With our uh, enrichment, merchant payment cleansing um, service uh, that enriches transactions data, we actually identify uh, the set, the pool of merchants that are identified as recurring uh, providers, merchants that, that accept recurring payments. So that would be an easy solution for us to provide that set of merchants that those customers are making payments to, and and it would help them again, reset that up when they have to open up a new card. It's actually one of our use cases that we have in, in, our, in our merchant payment cleansing product. Hit the nail on the head. Yeah, and, and, and you know, it's, there's so much available here because we, we've taken this for granted. We, we're, we're excited about the fact that people have recurring payments. There's interchange income, as you mentioned, you know, also the, the ability to collect insights. So, can this recurring spend data be used for AI modeling? It definitely can. Um, so there's a lot of, you know, if you have that high volume of recurring spend, it's a characteristic of customers that you want to see more of, right? And so our, we've had clients that have used that enriched transaction data to identify card spend sp- behaviors 
that represent those most profitable customers. And when they've looked at that transaction data of their most profitable customers, what they've seen is that those most profitable customers are the ones that have those recurring payments. The recurring payments, not only to the subscription box services, but to utilities and cell phone payments and so forth. And then they drill down into that data and they find out what types of um, payments or what types of merchants are making that payment to. And then they uh, offer additional rewards to, to, to encourage those that are not the most profitable customers to, to, to have that type of behavior. So they're looking for those, in the AI modeling, they're looking for those correlation between profitability and type of uh, spend behavior. So this is interesting. I, I'm, I'm just finishing up on a, on a car lease right now and about to take, take ownership of the car and, and probably do it through a lending op- opportunity because of the, the lower interest rate. But mm-hmm. if a finance institution, or I'm sorry, if a consumer would like to get more rewards, you could actually encourage somebody to make their auto payments via credit card simply with the transfers happening, but they get rewards for that, correct? Yeah, so you know what's interesting is when you look at the auto payment idea through a credit card, it could be any kind of major payment. A financial institution encouraging the consumer to do it is one way for the financial institution to say, we're looking out for you. We're, we're using the insights that we know, and we're making your financial life easier, or at least more beneficial to you, even though we're paying out the reward. So it's, it's saying, instead of having it come directly from your checking account, which you're used to doing, we have this data that says you're doing this regularly. You may think of this alternative. So, you know, let's do a, a bit of a pivot here, because when we're looking at the overall subscription economy, not only the revenue opportunities, but as we've talked about pre to this call, prior to this call, is there certainly other subscription opportunities around engagement. So is there a subscription model where banking solutions could offer enough that there may actually be the ability to create a monthly fee? In other words, the different things we've talked about here where, where overall subscribing to a financial institution may have enough value that you could actually charge for it such as let's let's look at Amazon. You know, they're charging us $130, $140 a year now for the right to shop digitally. Are there examples out there where a financial institution can bring enough value that a consumer could actually subscribe to the financial institution? That this consumer could subscribe to the financial institution? More of a monthly fee, but it, but it, you know, we, we call them monthly fees, but it would be a subscription model where actually, let's say all the things you're talking about, about using data and AI, oh, yeah, right. Yeah, so if we could convince them to 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 switch their payments from that bill pay to an ACH to to card services, then there is a, an opportunity to do that, right? And then they can uh, the FI can earn the those sub- subscription, or excuse me, earn those interchange revenue dollars. Right, and 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 even the ability to to show the value of what you're doing for the consumer where the consumer is going to actually pay a monthly fee for it. You know, we call it monthly fees, but this is really subscription revenue. This is what, you know, any other organization is doing on a regular basis. You know, this is another example of where subscription, a subscription economy could play in. And while it's not revenue-based, it's certainly engagement-based. You know, we have a number of fintechs that create ongoing content, very specific content for different sets of their consumers. Some of them already focus on a specific base, but if if you're developed, let's say, an ongoing blog, an ongoing 
podcast, something else. And while you may not charge for it, is this another way to leverage the data we have internally to know what a customer's interests are and then build content or connect them to content that's out there that can serve them and actually enhance the value of that relationship? Because the more we show the customer that we know them, the less likely it is that they want to go through the process of trying to find another institution who would have to know them again. Yeah, and that's really the f- the the focus of our customer insights is is to deepen that customer relationship. It is it is for the purpose of marketing content, but it is really to engage with the customer on a more personal level to to show that we r- truly understand them. And so we see transactions uh, that the customers are processing that really explain their priorities, their financial priorities, their, um, their, you know, what's important to them from their children to their homes to their investment. And so we see, for example, if they're trying to, to figure out how to pay for college for their children, and maybe there's content on that, how to pay for college for your, for your children, you know, entering in the next two or three years. Or maybe they see that their uh, consumers are making small investments via Acorns. And that could be another way to, to target customers for uh, specific investment advice. You know, it's interesting because we take all this for granted. But what you're really doing, and we've discussed since the beginning of the podcast, is instead of simply using data for us to know the customers better, you're actually talking about using data to help the customers pretty much know themselves better, but also continually illustrate that we can help them down their financial journey. And, and you know, this, this is the missing link that most financial institutions haven't done in the past. You know, I, I, my saying is, you know, instead of making great reports, we need to make exceptional experiences. Why don't we even move that further and say, build exceptional engagement opportunities? Because you keep on bringing up that the more data that you have, the more data that's created, the more opportunities that are out there. So as a wrap-up question, you know, financial institutions obviously have an abundance of data that they're sitting on. Why is it more important than ever for financial institutions to use this data not only to extract value and insights, but to make major strategic decisions that may involve revenue models or entire business cases? Yeah, it's, a, it's so so important, and, and it is really important. The, I love the, the context of the journey of the customer. Um, FIs do sit on a lot of data, but making use of all that data is not easy. Um, like I said, that, that especially transaction data, that transaction data is messy and it's difficult to understand, but there are so many valuable insights that can be gleaned from that, from the transactions that customers make. Um, because like I said, it, it defines our priorities. Where we spend our money reveals what's important to us, children's, homes, investments. If FIs are going to look to their customers um, and the life events that their customers are experiencing to drive their business strategies um, and really understand, like, how are we 
not how am I going to sell a HELOC, but how am I going to help my customers put their kids through college? Or how am I, how am I going to help my customers save for retirement appropriately, have enough, a sufficient amount of money to save for retirement? Or how am I going to help this young couple buy the next home that they're looking for? They need to, they can't ignore their customer swipes and the payments that they're making on their digital banking platform. They need all that data to better understand their customers and what their financial their financial goals are. And so they can use this data to, to really hit hit the ground running and, and really use that information to um, drive the, the institution strategies. You know, I said at the beginning, consumers engage in, in the subscription economy because it makes their life easier. We as financial institutions should be really interested in the subscription economy from a standpoint of revenue, engagement, and building a lasting relationship that's going to be more and more important to the consumer at a time that they're right now, in many cases, taking their financial institution relationship for granted. You know, it's it's great to have you in the show, Joan. You know, one thing I keep on telling everybody, I said at the beginning, I'm going to say it again. Financial institutions have every excuse in the world for not engaging with third-party providers. They'll say, geez, my data's not in great shape, or geez, I have a core provider that's supposed to provide this. We have all these excuses, but the reality is the consumer's not gonna wait for us to build a better engagement model, to understand them better. Organizations like Segment are tremendously positioned today to help organizations out of the box quickly and at scale Take advantage of the data and insights you have buried in your financial institution and immediately convert it. Doesn't matter what your core provider is, doesn't matter what kind of platform you have, doesn't matter how many silos you have. And yeah, that sounds like a plug, but I'm, what I'm getting to is we need as financial institutions to make this decision today. We can't wait another year to make this decision. The, the lag we have between the analysis and actually making the decision is lost money. Joan, how do organizations find out more about segment and also find out more about what you can do to get some early wins right out of the gate? So thanks so much for that that fabulous wrap up, Jim. Um, there is the the best way to get a hold of us is to first go to our website and check out all of the information that we have there. We have case studies, we have use cases, we have blogs, we have so much information out there about how our data can help your financial institution uh, take advantage of the information that you have right there readily available to you. And then you can uh, reach out to anyone of our team members, uh, either through the website or just pick up the phone and uh our team can uh, schedule some time to talk with you and walk you through step-by-step uh, step how to uh, take advantage of the data that you have. Yeah, and, and Joan, you, your firm has so many case studies, so many examples of how an organization can very quickly take advantage of revenue opportunities that can more than pay for the engagement with segment. And I'm gonna make sure people understand it because a lot of people may spell it wrong. It's S-E-G-M-I-N-T. Um, dot com. And, uh, you know, Joan, great to have you on the show again. And, and, and great to have a uh, segment as a sponsor of this podcast. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Banking Transform, just rated a top retail banking podcast. Also the winner of three international awards for podcast excellence. If you enjoyed today's interview, please give our show a five-star rating on your favorite podcast app. 
In addition, be sure to catch my articles I'm writing for the financial brand and the research we're doing for the Digital Banking Report. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thank you to our producer, Leah Longbreak, audio engineer, Sean Roe Hoffman, and video producer, Will Pritz. I'm your host, Jim Maroos. Until next time, remember, sometimes the greatest opportunities are hidden. We just need to seek them out. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.